The Tigers are premiers for the 12th time in their history. Liam Ryan has climbed on Max Gorn and taken a miraculous mark. Runs towards goal. It's as good as you'll ever see. The winner of the 2019 Brownlow medal, Nathan Pond of the Fremantle Football Club. The miracle of Chris! Hello everyone and welcome to the 5th Quarter Podcast, brought to you by the Nobleman Podcast Network and PureVPN. PureVPN leads the industry with its massive network of over 2,000 encrypted servers and 300,000 anonymous IP addresses to ensure your safety and privacy online. As always, I am the... I'm a West Coast supporter. I haven't thought of a witty nickname for myself. <laughs> and I'm here... I'm here tonight with Nathan, the... Uh, well, it was fun while it lasted, Frio supporter. Yeah, two in a row, but that's as far as we go. And uh, Ben is trapped in his house under COVID lockdown. We're not sure if he's, if he's got the Rona, but we'll soon find out. Um, so we're... I guess we're in for a boring episode because there won't be any outrageous calls in the, in the redraft. Not yeah, live well, ones, anyway. Yeah, there, there, there <laughs> will be calls, but there wouldn't be no justification for the calls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There'll be no defence to our blocking. Yeah, Blumfield. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, so yeah, a quick reminder that uh, the winner of this year's footy tipping competition will take home the coveted I Won the Fifth Quarter podcast footy tipping and didn't even get a lousy T-shirt coffee mug. Um, so as always, the stakes are high. The rewards are great. It was a pretty even round uh, this week. So myself, Justin, and Ashley, and Bree all took out the honours with seven. Thank you very much. Um, it's a big, big round. Teams that lost. <laughs> Thank you very much, Hawthorne. <laughs> what a joke. Um, but Raj, Nathan, Ben, and Mikey finished on six, and Zane with four. So Raj is on 40, leads on 40. Nathan and myself are on 37. Ahead of Justin on 35. Ben and Ashley are on 34. Mikey's on 32. Bree's on 28. Zane's on 19. And we just won't, we won't talk about the other two. It's sort of like the last two in the AFL ladder as well. They're not really worth talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so keep following that. That's pretty fun. And um, provided we stop tipping Hawthorne, we might we might go all right this week. But I was, telling, I was saying to you, Nathan, before that my tips have been like, I'll get like eight, and then the next week I'll get two. So because I got seven, I'll probably get. Don't listen to my tips this week. It's basically what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm. I've hit a. I've hit a dry spell. So. <laughs> Bit disappointed. So um. Yeah, it's got to slow down eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll kick off with heroes and villains. Um, the absentee Ben didn't send his through. So, do you want to? Do you want to kick it off, or do you want me to go? Yeah, that's fine. I'll give you a break. I'll just jump into mine. So we do have a two-minute window, so I'll be pretty quick this time. Um, <laughs> my hero this week is Robbie Gray. For anyone that watched the Carlton versus Port Adelaide game, it's probably one of the most exciting games, or was the most exciting game of the round. Um, absolute cliffhanger. Port Adelaide couldn't buy a goal in the last five minutes. They had that many attempts from the top of the goal square or 20 metres out um, that they never seemed to be able to put through the goals. And then with seconds to go, Robbie Gray takes one on the boundary, what, like 30, 40, 40 out or so. And, um, yeah, right on the boundary. Yeah, right on the boundary. Goes back, siren sounds. And he, basically, he would have had the demons in his head. And it wasn't necessarily him missing, but his, his team were missing chance after chance. So it would have been thoughts going yeah. around in his head about, you guys, have, goal square. you guys have blown this big time. And um, he went back and absolutely drilled it and just broke the hearts of Carlton. Um, I just thought the composure was fantastic. I know he's an experienced yeah. dude, but any situation like that, that was um, oh, uh, it was a uh, jo- what, joy to watch. Watching that game and just like the three shots they had pretty much from the goal square and they missed them all. Robbie Gray had it at the top of the square and handballed it. Yeah. And all the commentators like, why wouldn't he kick it? And then as soon as he took that mark with, like, 20 seconds left, the first thing I said was, like, who else? <laughs> yeah. Like, who else would you want to kick that? Oh, no matter what, sure. No matter what form he's in. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe his composure to just go back and slot it. Um, it was massive. Like, you could just see how devastated Carlton were. 
but yeah, Port Adelaide march on. And I loved the uh, celebration to the ghost crowd. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, so brings me to my villain. As I told you in the lead up, I actually am struggling to select a villain this week. That isn't something that we're already harping on about. Um, But I couldn't pick a I couldn't pick a player this week because I thought you know what the players have all gone out there this weekend and had to deal with the most confusing and just ridiculous officiating that I've probably ever seen. Um, to a point, yeah. to a point where commentary teams and multiple commentary teams throughout the round were just saying, "We don't know what's going on, and we're confused." And these are former players who are looking at the game yeah. thinking, "I don't know what the rules are." Yeah, just what what are the rules? I don't care what they are. Just tell me what they actually yeah. are. So I guess my villain is the whatever's going on in in relation to the rules and the direction for the umpiring, because. It, and the thing is, it was it was bad enough between games, but even in the same game, they would call things massively different at, at either end or in different quarters. Um, it wouldn't really matter. The St. Kilda Adelaide game had some howlers just throughout the whole night. Um, yeah. And every time well, it happened, the AFL. Like, well, this was holding the ball 20 seconds ago, but now it's not. And Well, it shouldn't be, but it, it is. And yeah. Yeah, the AFL came out today and apologised for how bad the umpiring was last night so yeah oh. that's how bad it was yeah it was painful but i think i said to you guys during the game that it wasn't even i think they hadn't even played the fourth quarter and adelaide had 27 free kicks it, it, i just don't understand what's going on i just like i kind of watched some games and thought okay they they're calling the whole no prior opportunity is if you opt to if you opt to take possession in any way and get caught it's holding the ball other games they'll be relying on prior opportunity or giving them more than prior opportunity to get rid of it <laughs> it's just like yeah. sometimes these guys are getting caught flat out taking taking the man on and getting done holding the ball and they're just and they'll drop it and they're like i'll oh, play on whereas an- another bloke would probably take probably get a finger on the ball get tackled and be done oh, it was, I'm, I'm over it well, that was good. We took the full two minutes for that one. That was perfect. Yes. <laughs> so I um I tried to avoid having the umpires as villain because I knew that'd be everyone's. <laughs> um, but I've gone I've gone uh, the St Kilda double this week. So picked on them. A, well, I didn't really pick on them last week. They picked on themselves. But um, I've gone for my hero. I've gone Jack Steele. So he's been huge the last few weeks. I uh, played a huge huge role on. Paddy Cripps against Carlton. I think he held him to five touches in the the first half of that game. And then Cripps got away a bit in the second half, but you know the damage had been done at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't he didn't really have any tagging to do in the in the Frio game because Fife Fife was there for about five minutes and then <laughs> was it was in the goal square for the majority of the game. Yeah, and um played a played a big wasn't a hard tag on Brad Crouch last night, but it was a, a tag. And I, you barely saw Brad Crouch, mm-hmm. whereas Jack Steele was probably St. Kilda's best player. Yep. So um, even when he's not tagging or like basically rendering a player useless for the game, I think he almost, I think he tagged Dusty out of the Richmond game as well. He's getting a lot of the ball. And I think he got the max 10 votes this week in the coaches association voting and he's third now i think Ooh. if i bring it up he's second so Lockie neal's got 40 jack steel's got 31 so that's so impressive he's yeah he's um he's flying at the moment and when they win he's one of their better players and even when they lose he's sort of he can hold his head high as one of those who's you know digging in and doing what he can and he's kind of getting and right into his prime now he's 25 years old yeah, and he's um yeah he's obviously. I don't know how many straps. I don't know how many games he's played, but it's probably pretty relative to his age. Like yeah. he's, I think he's well over the hundred mark, but usually plays that are sort of between that. Oh, he's played seventy eight games. Well, it's not even a hundred. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I think players that are usually around like the one hundred to one fifty mark, that's when they tend to sort of develop the best, depending on like the players around him but yeah yeah he's starting to really take off now and my villain is his teammate bradley hill so high 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 profile recruit 
if, last if year. not the biggest profile recruit of the whole comp. Yeah, last year. Yeah. No, uh, I think reported like nine hundred thousand or eight hundred thousand dollar salary. Yeah. So I got a question for you. I could I could have it as my captivator, but I don't really have one. But if you being St Kilda, if you were recruiting someone for nine hundred thousand, what would you want out of him? Whoa. Like B and F or like he'd have to be in the top three, wouldn't he? he? Yeah, well we you did want him that, to be. Given that there's only what, is it five million dollar players in the league? Yeah, or six or something. Five yeah. or six. So, and he's borderline that. Um, and those guys, uh, what well, arguably Dusty, um, what Buddy, I don't, I don't even know who else to go through. I don't know what da- McGovern, Daniel. McGovern reportedly, but yeah. So like Grundy's at, on a million a year. You're looking at guys that are uh, just the most important cogs of their team, or they're um, basically one of the best three on ground every game. So yeah. And Bradley Hill, yeah, he has his good games, but even at Fremantle, he he would he would contribute. I mean, be a solid contributor, but he wouldn't be in the likes of Lockie Neal, Nat Fife, Michael Walters, um, and explode. And and I mean, he's he's quick, and I don't, I don't mean that literally. Is but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he wouldn't he wouldn't rip a game open if you know what I mean. Like he would he would contribute to the game and be a very vital part of it. But he couldn't take the game by the scruff of its neck and just take ownership like some players do. Yes, for me it was like he's not going to carry him to a flag. Like he's no. not that kind of kind no. of player. They got him because they needed experience and you know a bit of class on the outside. Yeah, he had a really good game against the Pies in round three. He had twenty five touches, seven marks. So he's playing that link up role really well. Yeah. But his last three games against Carlton Freo and Adelaide, he's had eight touches, eleven touches, twelve touches. Yeah, four four marks total, and he's laid one tackle. Wow! Like total in those three games. And to think for so a bloke who's so incredibly quick, he'd be he'd be on someone's case and be able to tackle him like that. Yeah, and he was the he was the time trial king at Freo, wasn't he? Uh yeah, yep. He would have so been. So he could run all day, and it just doesn't seem like he's running at all. <laughs> no, he's just having absolutely no impact at all the last three weeks. Um. Most, you know, really good game against the Pies. Pretty good Richmond game. Outside of that, hasn't... No one's talking about him. It's pretty much everyone else at St. Kilda that we want to talk about. And yeah, the fact that it's one tackle in three whole games and he's not getting the ball, you sort of wonder if if he's working hard enough or if they're if he's just been unlucky and everyone yeah. else is shining around him. But for 900000 You'd want a lot more than I would, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would want a lot more than twelve touches and zero tackles. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Well, poor Bradley. Um, so let's take a bit of a break. Talk about pure VPN. Oh no! Say, so, imagine for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a bit of news came out today, actually, that uh, a few free VPNs had leaked customer information online. Right, which is Not why good. a which is why a premium VPN service is superior, especially given the price is not much. Yeah, um, but you know whether it's high speed streaming, browsing, security, file sharing, or like we said, privacy, you get everything you need with Pure VPN. So your privacy is guaranteed with their military grade encryption, anonymous IP addresses, and a global network of high speed servers to suit every purpose, from streaming to file sharing to unlocking your favorite Netflix content uh, through 2,000 strategically placed servers. Uh, they have 24-hour support. They have ultra-fast speed. You can connect up to five devices simultaneously. It's compatible with Windows, compatible with Mac, Android, iPhone, Linux. Uh, you can use it as a browser extension. Any other device you can think of, you can probably chuck a VPN on it. Whew, that's so good. Our luck. Our lucky listeners, because you have to put up with us every week, we thought we'd uh, reward you with this great special of a pure VPN subscription for as little as $2.88 a month, and you get a full 31-day money-back guarantee with that as well. So all you have to do is visit purevpn.com slash fifth quarter special to take advantage of this deal. Uh, No other VPN provider offers the perfect combination of premium add-ons and features like pure VPN. $2.88 $2.88 a month. You have your online privacy completely secured. Gain unrestricted access to content. 
at amazing speeds. So get on board, secure this absolute bargain. Just visit purevpn.com slash fifth quarter special. And that's how it's done, eh? Yeah, that's how it's done. So I know I, I, I know I captivated you all with that just then, but we we must captivate you further. Yes. Um, and I guess we'll open with the absentee. Uh, ben sent us through his question, and uh, unlike when I was absent, I'll actually read it out. So uh, <laughs> Ben's, Ben's question for us, out of two notably struggling teams at the moment, Sydney and Hawthorne, which team would say their coach was sacked today? Which team would you prefer to take over? Do you want to go first? Or? Uh, yeah, sure. So I was just I was just <laughs> pulling up the teams. Um, long story short, I would yeah, go... Yeah, so Sydney's the red and white one and Hawthorne's the uh, blue, brown and wee, wee yellow one. <laughs> long story short, I think I would opt for Hawthorne. I know there's a lot of talk about Hawthorne right now and a, a rebuild and Alistair Clarkson's not up for it and all this and that and the other. Um, but I look. I just quickly have a glance at their squad, right? And I see the likes of Mitch Lewis, James Warple, James Sicily, uh, Jago Mira, um, Blake Hardwick, Chad Wingard, um, Tom Scully's still there, Jonathan Patton, if he can get himself right, uh, Liam Shields. Tom, Tom Mitchell. Tom Mitchell's on there. A bunch of players that you can see sticking around for a, a pretty long period of time and eventually having guys around them that they can have success with. I flip over to Sydney and I see Isaac Heaney, um, maybe keep going down the list, Will Haywood, Tom Papley, I'm not convinced he's even going to stay there. Um, go on, Callum Mills, of course. But then it kind of thins really like thins out a lot. I'm not hugely sold on Nick Blakey. Luke Power's going gonna, to, he's in the back end of his career. Um, and then it keeps going down. Buddy's, well, who knows if Buddy will ever kind of get back. So I kind of feel like Sydney's list Obviously, for obvious reasons, they are a younger list, haven't developed as much, but I, I like Hawthorne's young players more than I like Sydney's young players. So for that reason, I'll go Hawthorne purely based on the, f- the future and what I can see for them. Yeah, I'm not... I'm sort of... I was leaning towards Sydney a bit more in that respect because in terms of... I guess in terms of the core that's there, they're probably roughly the same age. So Luke Parker's only 27, believe it or not. Um, Lance Franklin's definitely <laughs> probably played his last season. Like, even if he keeps playing, he's probably got not got that much left. Mm-hmm. But I look at, like, Dane Rampey's 30. He'd still have a couple of years left, but yeah. you've got the experience down back. Yeah, again, not sure about Tom Papley, like you said. And he's, Isaac he's obviously their best forward at the moment as well. <laughs> yeah, Isaac Heaney's not come along like as well as we all thought, but they do insist on playing him forward. So yeah, whether or not that's a fitness issue or they just don't want to put him in the midfield. But I mean, I'm a bit higher on Nick Blakey than you by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. I love Jordan. I love Jordan Dawson. And I think you could just make a few, a couple of moves. So they lost Zach Jones, which has sort of slowed them down in the midfield. Yeah. Um, they've got contested beasts like Josh Kennedy, obviously, and, Luke Parker's just sort of like a poor man's Nat Fife or a middle-class man's Nat Fife. <laughs> um, but an injection of pace in the midfield would, I think, rejuvenate either team, really. Um, Hawthorne have got a few issues in the back line. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, it seems to be all on Sicily at the moment. Yeah. Oh, I think I think the thing that excites me is just Warple and O'Meara in the middle. Yeah. Um, whereas because yeah. Josh Kennedy's what thirty two now, um, can't do it forever. So yeah, I, I, it's it's hard. I guess <laughs> it's a battle of who's worse this weekend. But yeah, well, I mean, coming into the year, I think we all thought Hawthorne were way better than Sydney, but it just seems to be their style of play is letting them down rather than the lack of yeah lack of talent. Whereas Sydney is. Seems to be a lack of talent, but could also be like slow ball movement. And and on that note, and Hawthorne is one of the teams heading into the Western Australian hub, by the way. Yeah, so we'll see how well they are. So they play on the wide Optus. So they, they get to play Sydney, but then they've got, yeah, a couple of, well, they've got Carlton and then they come over. 
no, I'm assuming they no, they sorry, they they play Sydney and then they'll come and play Carlton in Perth. So they've got they've got a bit of a weird weird time coming up. So they kind of need to win this Sydney game. Yeah, and I mean they got absolutely belted by Melbourne, who are going like we're going like a busted busted cart but yeah. they uh got on top of the suns and they beat the crap out of hawthorne so mm-hmm. sort of leaves us wondering where anyone is at but yeah i guess uh so we're kind of split down the middle ben's not here to yeah. give his opinion he'd probably pick sydney just because hawthorne but yeah and then i'll, I'll yeah. just say dane rampy and then he'll be torn yeah exactly <laughs> i don't think he's over the goalpost yet <laughs> or ever <laughs> So well, you... I um, I I didn't I didn't think of a captivating question this week. So sweet, that's fine. Pass it over to you. This will be a short segment, but this is a question that <laughs> kind of came on my mind over the weekend as I watched a couple of the games, um, and I just kind of thought, who is more likely to win a flag first, Gold Coast or the Greater Western Sydney Giants? Right now, I'm honestly thinking Gold Coast, mm-hmm. and. I think of what uh, Brett Del- I think it was Brett Delidio said it yesterday. It's like when when things start getting tough for the Giants because they have so much talent. They each individual tries to win the game by themselves. Yeah, and he says it feels more like a team of twenty two individuals rather than the team. Yeah, and you can see Gold Coast. They're coming some from so far back, and they just. I mean, this, they set a pretty low standard. So saying like they're playing really well at the moment is yeah. you know, they're playing really well for like what what we expect from them, that they're playing together and they seem more like a cohesive unit and they're only mm-hmm. going to get better and better if all that talent finally stays together. Um, yeah. Whereas the Giants, it seems like it could just completely fall apart at any at any second. Yeah. No, it's it's... It's funny because when I was thinking about this, and you're right, like they do, they do seem to play, and it's been so often this season that I've kind of backed them to win, and then they come out and the going gets tough and they just fall apart. And um, it's it's weird to think a team that I don't know has been bound for top four for the last couple of years is now looking like somehow they might be behind the expansion club that was a bit of a joke just six months ago. Yeah, and I mean, Lockie Whitfield looks like he's just doing whatever he wants all the time anyway, but every every year they sort of have the excuse of injuries, like they lose... Every year they... I don't think they've got through a year without losing a key player. Yeah. But they they sort of struggle when that happens. Then you look at Richmond who lost Alex Rance and everyone thought, oh, that, it's all there's over. no way they can win and they yeah. won it. Yeah. The Eagles lost... Nick Nat, Brad Shepard, and Andrew Gaff in 2018, yeah, and won the flag. Yeah, so and those three players are key to that team. Yeah, so I think that's the difference between you know teams that play as t- like a one cohesive unit, like a blob of 18 things running, like moving around as one. Yeah, rather than yeah, 22 talented individuals trying to win it themselves. And Gold Coast, yeah, they look more like a team for me. Yeah, the the only out I can give them right now is so yesterday. Um, obviously, listeners don't know this, but I I decided in my spare time over lunch to have a look at the fixtures <laughs> so far. So we're seven rounds in, and I just wanted yeah. to kind of get a feel for who's played the hardest games and who's kind of had an easy run thus far. Um, yeah, and so basically looking at the ladder positions right now and measuring up against each to each team and their their fixture for the season. Um, whereabouts do those teams? sit on the ladder for, for like so for every team who where's the opposite opposition been sitting on the ladder um so carlton as a matter of fact has played the hardest fixture according to all the teams that well not all but a majority of the teams they've played are right near the top of the ladder right now so they've come up against some pretty pretty tough opposition and and the giants have got the second hardest so for me i'm kind of looking at that thinking the giants seem to have played a lot of the top six or eight um, and are yet to play that bottom bracket, whereas Gold Coast, you flip that, and barring Essendon, Richmond, um, who have had a really easy run, um, Gold Coast is up there with one of the easiest fixtures and teams that 
not only have they had the advantage of playing at home a lot of the time, um, they've played against teams that are in that bottom portion of the ladder. So uh, for me, I, I kind of think, yeah, Gold Coast are playing well, but what I'm interested to see is when they do play um, that really top bracket over a concentrated period of time, if they hold up against them, then hands down, they're looking bloody good. But the Giants have, have got some pretty easy winnable games ahead. Yeah, I um I had a bit of a rage over the weekend as well, and I um looked at the current top eight before the before it was the end of the round. It hasn't changed much because I think it's just West Coast in there. Yeah, less than an hour West Coast in, um, and because everyone's getting really excited about Richmond being back, they've played one top eight team. Yeah, and it was a draw. Yeah, Hawthorne have played the most. So. The top eight versus finalists from last year. Hawthorne have played the most, yep. which is five. Which is five. As out of seven games, five of them have been against last year's. <laughs> yeah, I've actually eight. I've actually got them as so the to fourth be hardest. Fair to Hawthorne, the but. fourth hardest so far. because um, and obviously the teams yeah. they're playing are still in that top bracket. Yeah, and um, GWS and Carlton have played four, and Carlton are three and one. Yeah, and from the. When you look at the top fours, Port, Brisbane, Collingwood, Richmond. Port, Brisbane, and Collingwood. Well, Port and Brisbane have won two, lost one. Collingwood have won two, drawn one. So Carlton's But no one's... Good. Yeah, Carlton are doing better than than anyone. <laughs> and yeah, West Coast have played one and lost it. So no one's... No one from last year is, you know, dominating ahead of anyone else. Yeah. And... Given that a lot of games are going to be played in Queensland, yeah, could be could they could be a smoky Gold Coast? I don't think so, but yeah, but um, yeah, just to sort of support your claim of GWS haven't had the easiest start to the season, but they play the Tigers this week, so yeah, well they've got the, they've got the Tigers, then they then they face off funnily enough against Gold Coast, um, then they've got Essendon and Sydney, um, both of which. Are winnable for them. They should beat Sydney, yeah, and, definitely. and they can beat Essendon too. So they they could go on a bit of a run here and and be sitting back within striking range. So we'll see what happens. Though we've been we I've been wrong about them many times this year. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, being wrong many times, uh, let's move on to our redraft. <laughs> so Ben kindly sent us through his, and as you can expect, it's. Pretty much all Essendon players. So. <laughs> we'll start from 10. He's gone Adam Uze, Shannon Grant, Scott Camparelli, Michael O'Loughlin, Brad Scott, Tyson Edwards at five, Anthony Rocker at four, Justin Blumfield at three. Never even heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Lucas at two, Blake Carousella at one. So he's gone one, two, three. There's four. I mean... The three players that played the most games for the Bombers are one, two, and three. <laughs> and he squeezed Scott Camparelli in there for probably the one game that he played for the Bombers. <laughs> and he somehow put someone super important at seventh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll Come on, Ben. That. Come on. I know you're sick, but you're not <laughs> sick in the head, bro. It's. No. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll let you... You've always, you're the stats man, generally, for the, for the redraft, so I'll let you go first, and then I can... Uh, you can bring it home. Mooch off your hard work like I always do. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So in pick 10, I've got uh, Adam Uze. Um, it was hard to put him that that low or that high as a number, but that low on the on the rankings. Yeah, yeah. Um, with 271 games and 234 goals. Um, but there's just some guys, I guess he was an All-Australian as well, but there's some guys above him that I just thought, yeah, had a pretty solid effort as well so uh pick nine scott camparelli 250 games and 205 goals to be honest i think uze should be above him i've just kind of read that wrong so camparelli 10 uze nine uh, <laughs> changing your mind on the fly yeah. uh, joel smith uh 221 games and 90 goals two times all australian and he was an absolute gun but i think he had some serious acl injuries um i'm pretty sure it was joel smith and so i think had that not been the case, he would have been, yeah, he probably would have played 300 and, and he was a great player as well. Um, pick seven, Aussie Jones, 226 games, 127 goals, and he was also a two-time All-Australian. I just remember growing up thinking, why the hell is this guy's name Aussie? But his name's Austin Jones. Um, 
Number six, Anthony Rocker, 242 games for 415 goals. It's hard to have a guy that kicked 415 goals at number six, but he is. Uh, number five is a, is a Ruckman. Um, Jeff White, 268 games, and he was an All-Australian. Uh, 113 goals as a Ruckman, but yeah, he, uh, he was all right. So... <laughs> this this is where I get to the bit of bit of I mean those guys weren't that hard to put in order but these this one's a bit harder. Pick number four, Scott Lucas, two hundred and seventy games, four hundred and seventy one goals, one one flag, um, and yeah, pretty pretty potent forward. I can remember games where he just tear him apart, and I think I swear there's a game he kicked like seven goals in, in a quarter or something insane in a half. Um, ben Ben would know because he's probably got a diary for it all, but um. <laughs> But I remember Scott Lucas tearing a team apart one week. Um, Tyson Edwards. Uh, yeah, I've got a story about that. I'll tell you when it's when it's my time to shine. Okay. Um, Tyson Edwards, pick three, 321 games, 192 goals, two flags. Tyson Edwards was just a warrior, um, was always there, always, always given everything for the team. Pick two, Shannon Grant, 301 goals, 300, 301 goals, 301 games, 361 goals. <laughs> He's an All-Australian, won a flag, and he won a Norm Smith. Um, probably less noticed because he played for North, as most players are that put on that, that Guernsey. Yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but, but Shannon <laughs> Graham was a hell of a player. Brings me to number one, who somehow Ben put him as seven, but Michael O'Loughlin, 303 games, 521 goals, two All-Australians, one flag, two times leading goal kicker for his club. Um, just tormented West Coast in a final over in Perth. Um, which is probably the most iconic footage I can remember of him, him and that bloke in the front row. Um, yeah, thanks and, for reminding me. <laughs> but Michael O'Loughlin, I'd, I'd pick him any day of the week in my squad. Um, just yeah. the most enjoyable guy to watch and, and, yeah, I couldn't put anyone above him. So, yeah, I um, it's kind of similar. I, I'm happy with the players who picked in the 10, but it's sort of like the order. Like yeah. you said, I've gone Joel Smith at 10. And yeah, he did have like a really bad ACL. I sort of cut him down when he was having a really good season. Yeah. Um, Jeff White, I felt like I had to sneak him in there just because he played so many games. I didn't realize he did. <laughs> I just sort of always associate him with Frio. And then it's like, oh, he didn't play for very long. I forgot he played at Melbourne. For Melbourne, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've gone, gone Ben Dixon at eight. So I had that chat with you about who should I take and then. He was sort of like the best of the, <laughs> best, medium, best medium of the rest. forwards that I could fit. Yeah. Uh, I went Aussie Jones at, at seven because I remember him. Yeah. Um, Adam Uze at six. Probably should have swapped him with the next guy, but I've gone the, the big guy, Anthony Rocker, at five. Uh, can't wait for the Sav Rocker draft because, like we were saying before, I thought Sav was the, the lesser of the two, but he was the... In terms of games and goals, he kicked way more. Yeah, I think it's just because uh, Anthony was around longer. Sorry, as no, it, was in, at Col- it was at Collingwood as well, where yeah, Sav he- was at that north and no yeah. one cares about them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's just like the fact that Rocker, uh, Anthony, sorry, retired later than Sav, didn't he? So he was probably yeah younger more, as well. So. On, our, on our recent memory rather than Sav in the yeah, past. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Which is sort of what I go by, like the players that I remember being by actually seeing. So I'd hate to pick someone based off a piece of paper that I've, I've never even heard of that player, which yep. is why we... Blumfield. The next few drafts are probably going to be uh, a bit bit tougher. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've gone Tyson Edwards at four. Probably, I know he's listening. He's probably feeling a bit robbed right now, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shannon, Shannon Grant at three. I've gone Scott Lucas at two. So my story... I actually went with Ben to Kevin Sheedy and James Hurd's last game. It was here in Perth against West Coast. Um, West Coast were up by like nine goals at three-quarter time, and it, I was just laying into Ben like, oh, let's just go now, mate. The game is well and truly over. And then it's like, no, we'll do the right thing. We'll say farewell to to Sheeds and James Hurd. I think Scott Lucas kicked like eight goals in the last quarter. Yeah, and yeah it was, by it was goal. Seven, seven goals in the final quarter. <laughs> I knew, yeah, it I knew he did it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it was against us, and it was. I was like, "Holy crap, they're going to win!" <laughs> and it was just unstoppable, and it was just like the worst thing I've like 
from a West Coast perspective, <laughs> it was like the worst thing I've seen. Just, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I, I, I know I think it's he probably... kicked eight for the game, and it was yeah, uh, seven in the last quarter. I know, I know that's a sore spot. The first three quarters. But as I <laughs> as I started talking about Scott Lucas and said he kicked seven in a quarter, in the back of my head, I was like, no, there's no way he kicked seven in a quarter. But for yeah. some reason, it just yeah, and that is that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can't even be that mad about it. And yeah, another guy who used to tear us a new one, pretty much every. On the regular was uh, the guy I've taken at number one, Michael O'Loughlin. So I won't bring that memory up again because Nathan already did it. But <laughs> yeah. that's the one that's burned into my brain the most of any of his. But yeah. super talented player, super fun to watch, like you said. And a uh, very long career and kicked a lot of goals. Yeah. And if you're drafting someone, you want them to be around for a while and kick a lot of goals. <laughs> yes, if they're a forward anyway. Yeah. don't care that much but i mean if, if they're a defender and kick a lot of goals and they're one hell of a defender yeah you can't you can't be unhappy <laughs> yeah. well alistair lynch was a fullback and he kicked like 700 goals or something so <laughs> yeah that's true so yeah we're gonna we're getting into territory that i'm gonna be unfamiliar with i've got the so next week we're doing the 93 afl draft Whoa. so Check out our social for the top 10 that was taken as well as um, notable picks that were taken a bit later or in rookie drafts, keeping in mind that we are excluding like mid-season drafts, pre-draft drafts, father-sons, just to keep it, keep the challenge there and sort of remove those, I guess, compromise choices because, you know, like Gary Ablett went pick. 50 yeah but in any other any other world he would have gone way earlier than that mm-hmm. yeah so yeah keep your eye on our facebook page for that uh, i'll chuck it up on twitter as well and let us know who you'd take in, in your order you don't have to justify it we just do it because we think we're we think <laughs> we're important <laughs> we need to <laughs> yeah and you're listening so that's that's your fault um but yeah i'm, I'm not surprised that ben took I'm surprised at the order of the three. Yeah. Then whoever the hell Justin Blumfield is, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised that that was a one, two at the top. He's going to come in with all the info possible on Justin Blumfield next week. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he will. <laughs> so we'll move on to um, what, what you've all been waiting for, really, because we're so good at it. And that's uh, just the tips. Oh, yes. So I'll um, rattle off Ben's real quick. Because yep. he's he's got his, and then uh, we won't get stuck down in none. Well, do we do we want to do want to go game by game? We'll go through one by one. Yeah, we'll go game by game as yep. usual. So let me let me bring the fixture up. For some, I had it up and then closed so, it. So Thursday night, Gold Coast have earned a Thursday nighter. Yeah, I'm I like I'm actually liking this fixturing on the fly because it's rewarding the teams that are good now rather yep. than the teams that were good last year. For sure, I know it's not sustainable long term, but. I, it, it I would, wish it was. It would be kind of awesome <laughs> if they locked in a fixture of who's playing Say where, less. and then they just juggle, they just shift around the time slots um, to suit. So, for example, if if for example uh, West Coast were playing over in Melbourne against someone, and um, and that team just happened to be really good, um, in that, that far into the season, if they jumped, chucked them onto a Friday when they were meant to be playing Sunday. Yeah, I think that would be it cause problems for traveling teams because like if they <laughs> yeah. played a Sunday and then had to play a f- Thursday or Friday, they'd be like, "So we got to travel yeah. twice and then play." But yeah, it'd be good if they could lock in like five rounds at a time or something like yeah. that. Yeah, give them a bit of because then they can plan, and then they've we can still reward like yeah, Gold Coast are playing really good footy. Yeah, um, Ben has gone. I think he's gone. Gold. He's gone the Bulldogs. Um, I don't. I um, Is that- I made the mistake. I made the mistake of trusting Essendon more last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go the Dogs this week. I know Gold Coast have been real admirable. Um, the Dogs, they pretty much did exactly what I thought last week against Essendon. So I'm <laughs> hoping that they do exactly what I think this week. But they've let me down I mean, three the, or four times this the, year. It's at the Fortress Metricon. It is. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm concerned about that. But um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go the doggies too. They've you just sort of go by history, I guess. And the doggies, you know, they've been doing it longer. Whereas Gold Coast have been good for five weeks, so yeah, you know, 
And they looked good against Sydney, but probably not not to a point where I'd tip them over the dogs. Yeah. Uh, Friday, we got the Giants and Richmond at Giants Stadium. Oh. Giants aren't going well. Richmond, they're winning, but they're not going well. They haven't played anyone. So this is their first, since Collingwood, their first actual challenge, but against a team that's not going so well. Given that it's at Giants Stadium... And yeah. Richmond have just done nothing but complain about the hub. Um, I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> going to go the Giants solely on the basis that if they're still not hurting and hating on Richmond for the grand final, then they won't get up for let's any game this year. Yeah, let's, yeah. Yeah, it looks so Collingwood last year. Although they lost to West Coast in the rematch at the G. Yeah. And then you could tell that they went into the game at Optus. Like, if we don't win this, there's no point. And they yeah. won it. Yeah, and yeah, if if they can't beat Richmond at home, you give up. I'd give up on them for the year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go the Giants as well. And Ben's gone the Giants as well. Yeah, okay, so yeah, unanimous across the board so far. Probably be unanimous for Saturday morning <laughs> here. It's North and Carlton. Carlton are really exciting and just fell short. North are just they're worse than ever. I've never um, been so quick to tip Carlton. Yeah. Last week was the first time any of us tipped Carlton, and it was Ben. Right. Who would and have now thought? This week, and now this week we're all on the bandwagon. Go Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> the Navy Blues are up and about. <laughs> um, Saturday afternoon is going to be horrendous to watch. Sydney and Hawthorne. Oh, boy. Both probably playing the worst footy going around. Adelaide, Adelaide were pretty good against the Saints, given where they seem to be at. Yeah, like the game style they played was fun. Yeah, um, whereas the game style that Hawthorne and Sydney are playing is not fun. Yeah, I don't know how they got that one. They should have got like the Sunday afternoon, the one that you know hide in the middle or the yeah. morning. Yeah, what's the, like I don't the know, one? That, what's the worst the one time? The West slot? Coast and Collingwood are playing. Yeah, yeah, you'd think you'd hide them somewhere or play <laughs> them at the same time as another game, so no one had to watch. Just- just fix, fix to them behind closed doors and in secret. No one knows. Yeah, uh, it's hard to pick this one because it... I, I thought Hawthorne would have turned it around last week after I think it was two bad games in a row. And now it's three. Sydney On the basis of what I said earlier, I kind of have to go Hawthorne, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll go Sydney then. We'll, we'll maintain that. Uh, ben has gone Sydney as well. Right, okay, yep. It's at the SCG, uh, so. Yeah, they're no good there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday night should be a, a cracker as Port Adelaide and St Kilda. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard not to see this. It's hard not to see this as game of the round. Uh, besides the West Coast Collingwood game, but yeah, given the time slot and the um, the form. And given that Port Adelaide, well, I mean, they both have a home crowd actually. West Coast have a crowd too, but yeah. But Port Adelaide back at Adelaide Oval. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have to go them. I know Carlton really gave it to them, but yeah. St so, Kilda are playing well, but Port just seemed to be beating everyone. Yeah, they had a wake up call two weeks ago, but yeah. And unless unless Bradley Hill can get in form, you're probably not going to back St Kilda. <laughs> no. So Ben's right. gone with Port. Uh, ben has gone with Port Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sunday morning we've got the Crows and Essendon. Cool. So this is the game they probably thought they were hiding, but they should have swapped it. Um, it's at Adelaide. Uh, I, doesn't convince bon- me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Uh, I'm just going to go the Bombers just because Adelaide. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not... I mean, I'm they seem to hugely- have turned a bit of a corner, but... I'm not totally convinced by the Bombers without Shield and because uh, this is his last game out, isn't it? Suspended two weeks. Yeah, and there's no Happel either. And yeah, they were shown up by a good midfield, but yeah. his midfield is not not going well. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not I'm not going to do Essendon easily, but I don't see Adelaide beating him. Yeah, I read I was uh, reading the match report of the Adelaide St Kilda game, and they were saying. Um, they might bring in some, some in some support for Riley O'Brien because they're getting smashed in the clearances, right? And it's like I don't think I don't think that's him. I think it's the, <laughs> the, mid, the midfield not getting the job done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I could go the Bombers, but I don't think it's 
I think it's going to be like a walk in the park. Yeah. Uh, we've got West Coast Collingwood, so it's their grand final rematch, rematch, rematch at uh, well, Optus Stadium. Dugowie's out, so West Coast. <laughs> Even when he's in. Because yeah, right. he's five goals. If it weren't, wasn't for his five goals, they would have struggled against Geelong. That's true. Um, but if it wasn't for Josh Kennedy's four goals against Frio... Yeah, we'll, one, so. we'll call that Brennan Cox's <laughs> contribution to the game. Yeah, yeah, good on him. <laughs> um, the the thing I'm excited about is Jeremy Howe not playing because he always plays on Jack Darling and completely blankets him. So I mean, they've got Darcy Moore, but I don't know how well they can stretch. Oh, I don't know how well Roughhead's going to do on yeah the one of Kennedy or Darling. I know Darcy Moore will have probably one of them covered, but yeah, and. West Coast are pretty much playing like five tools at the moment because they've got Oscar Allen and Jake Waterman. Yeah. Nick Nat, obviously. I'm going to go the Eagles, who I think they're, they've they got some confidence now. They've beaten three bottom teams, but that's what you have to do. Yeah. If, they, if they'd kept losing, I would have written them off, but... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going West Coast. Um, and Tim Kelly's If Degoe was still in, although I don't necessarily reckon he's as good as people make him out to be um the way he played against Geelong and if he was to play like that against this again this week they would be a fighting chance but I think West Coast across the if path he was to play if he was to play like that more than one week at a time he'd be the best player in the <laughs> NFL, but... yeah he does it one every six eight six weeks yeah, or so it's, like, it's about his package in that regard <laughs> yeah um so, uh, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Well, Sunday, Sunday Four. afternoon here. So yeah. Sunday night. Yeah, in in uh, Queensland. Queensland. It's Melbourne and Brisbane. Uh, it's got to go Brisbane because they're going so well. Mm-hmm. And Melbourne seem to have. Um, I mean, they've sorted it out a bit, yeah. but they haven't exactly beaten the best of the best. No. Nah. Yeah. Which Brisbane. Brisbane. Brisbane seem like they are at the moment. Yeah, Brizzy's looking real good. Oh, Ben Ben's going Collingwood, by the way, and Brisbane. Okay, yep. And uh, this might be a bit easier to pick, although it might not. <laughs> Monday night, Frio and Geelong at Optus. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on... With Selwood and Ablett both out. So I'm, Yeah, and they, don't, they didn't look good without Selwood. I mean, I'm, I think Geelong is obviously more experienced and should win. But with those two out, Frio can... Frio, Frio do well against Geelong most years, no matter what. Like They beat Geelong last year yeah. at Optus when Geelong was still flying along. Um, so I'm going to go Geelong in my tip, but I wouldn't be surprised if Frio give it to them. Yeah, it's hard to pick because Frio's mids look like they turned a bit of a corner without getting used to Nat Fife not being there. And then in the derby, they sort of... yeah. <laughs> they hung in there for a half and then just sort of disappeared. Yeah. And then it was too much for the back line, which is non-existent at the moment, <laughs> yeah. which I think is going to cause trouble for him. Because it's, it's like the backup Hawkins line. Is, Hawkins is an absolute gorilla. Yeah. And Radigalier is, you know, he's not the best, but he's very dynamic and he gives them another option. Yeah. And if Brennan Cox is giving away four goals a game, yeah, when it comes to their back line, they've got no key defenders anymore. They've got a, they've got like a third string key forward playing fullback. And and I think if it's it, the only one over 190 centimetres. You, you can't, yeah, you're kind of right because um, if, if there was hope that they would be getting one of their key defenders back, uh, I probably would think Freo's a chance. But with Griffin Logout with turf toe now, um, yeah. it, there's, there's no real light at the end of the tunnel for their defensive line. So, yeah, I'd probably have to go Geelong taking control there. Yeah, I think they had Luke Ryan playing on Jack Darling for most of the game yeah. in the Derby, which stops him being able to do what he does because yeah. he's got no one yeah, exactly. to, take, to take the key the key forward. So, yeah, I'm going to go Geelong. Ben's gone Geelong. Yeah. It might not be convincing. And maybe Walters will kick one after the siren. <laughs> we'll see. So we are unanimous. The dogs. Yep. Uh, Vogue on the Giants. Yep. I think we ought to say Richmond a bit. 
Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've all gone Carlton. Yeah. We are two to one Sydney. Yeah. Hawthorne. Uh, we've all gone Port. I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we've all gone the Bombers. Yep. We've. Then I went West Coast. You went West Coast. Yep. And then. Yeah, Ben's gone the Pies. Right. Okay. Um, we're all on Brisbane and we're all on the Cats. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that brings us to Brave or Stupid, which I also have not prepared for. So <laughs> I hope I hope you've got a good one. Did Ben and send ben through had... a Brave or Stupid? No. Okay. Well, I mean, he sent through his redraft, which it's gonna it's gonna be a short segment here then, because this is a really <laughs> simple Brave or Stupid. Um, yep. And I was looking at the fixture, and we've obviously tipped against both these guys. But I thought, you know what? How about if Adelaide and Melbourne actually got a win on Sunday? So Adelaide knock off Essendon and Melbourne somehow knock off Brisbane in their good runner form. I think Adelaide are a good chance to, ups, to upset the Bombers. Probably yeah. less chance Melbourne to upset Brizzy, Brizzy <laughs> yeah. at match. I mean, it's not at the Gabba, so less confident in the Lions, like if it was at home. But uh, I'll call it... I'll call it brave, but sort of more towards stupid. Like if you just said <laughs> yeah, Adelaide yeah. over Essendon, I'd it's, say... It's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, fair. Not even brave, just like might happen. Yeah, but the, the <laughs> yeah. Melbourne one, really. It's hard It's hard to see because I'm not overly convinced because Hawthorne are going like... Not going at all. Yeah. Whereas Adelaide looked pretty good against St Kilda. They just... I think they had like four or five shots in the last quarter. And missed them all. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> and they could have won, that, and we'd have it probably be having a different discussion if they'd kicked the four. <laughs> yeah, so we're looking at like a 30% chance of that coming through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's it. All right. That's- cool. So, yeah, I guess like the leaning towards stupid, sort of in the middle of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, not as stupid as. Justin Blumfield at three, but <laughs> I'll get my shots in while he can't defend himself. <laughs> next week he's going to come week out I'll swinging. See what he, yeah, he's hosting next week, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully my team doesn't lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think that about wraps us up, unless you've got anything you'd like to you'd like to add. No, nah, I'm good with that. Cool. Probably shouldn't leave without mentioning, obviously, the sad passing of Shane Tuck yesterday morning. Um Footy world is in mourning. If anyone wasn't familiar with what happened, it appears to have been a suicide mm-hmm. uh, without without being officially acknowledged. Um, yeah, it's sad to see anyone that's that young die, and it's especially sad if they take their own life. But thought we'd be a bit remiss if we didn't mention it. But yeah, um, on that on that note. Hope you all enjoy the footy, which is only it's only a day away. Yes, it's on Thursday. Oh, two sleeps, and we get to enjoy Gold Coast on a big, big Thursday night. Oh, I'm excited, and then and I'm even more excited because we're just going to have day after day after day. Yes, we are. So, on that note, enjoy the footy. Yeah, enjoy the footy. <laughs> <laughs>